So I'm a father of one. I gotta find a babysitter. I found care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your childcare necessities, check out care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your childcare needs. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. That's a good one. Ah, Jimmy Trashcan, cream cheese, Connor Dino, Connor, also known as Jim. And I'm here with Hollywood Heartbreak Kid, Keith Pierce, and Chuck Davies will be joining us whenever Chuck Davies decides he wants to join us. In fairness, he is doing stuff with the U.S. Open Cup draw for the semifinals. We'll get into the final four teams a little bit later in the show, and he'll be joining us with his beautiful... There he is! There he is! Here he is! <laughs> Charlie Davies is here! Look at this guy! Unbelievable! Great Let's to go. see you! Let's go! So, so I know you got a big surprise on who's hosting who for the U.S. Open Cup, and we'll get into that a little bit. But honestly, we did this emergency podcast yesterday around Leo Messi. And Chuck, you weren't here, unfortunately. I think mm-hmm. we were speculating it's because you were jealous that Messi's mm-hmm. going to come in and kind of be the alpha male now because he's going to have more houses and boats. Yeah, and yachts all the traffic do. on all your guys' private islands that you live on, all those things like all that stuff. good for valuation, bad for quality of life, that kind of thing. Yes, yes. Uh, we just figured you were just sad about that. But tell us your thoughts on Messi coming to MLS. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And it's a game changer. We we think about those monumental moments throughout our childhood uh, in terms of soccer in this country. World Cup 94. Because I wasn't. I wasn't really, I didn't know about the sport when Paul Calagiri had that shot around the herd around the world, right? So World Cup 94. I was matching anyway. Don't worry about it. I, I was, yeah. I was there on the field. It was amazing. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, Jimmy, I heard you were, you had a stellar performance. I was, I, um, I was the first one to give him a hug after he hit the, the back of the <laughs> Exactly. MLS being created in 96, the inaugural season. Then I think the O2 world cup, it really resonated with all of us. It was mm-hmm, su- mm-hmm. such a massive uh, moment. And then David Beckham. And that, that was the moment MLS took that big leap forward. What about Jimmy in 06 at the World Cup? That didn't know, count man. for a monumental moment. Well, we got I mean, knocked out of the results group aside. Yeah, yeah but you know, <laughs> we got the Jimmy story at that point. You know, know what I mean? Yeah, man. yeah. I was, I, I, I was <laughs> two years old. What do you want? He, <laughs> um, but I think for this, for the sake of, of this conversation, to get the world, arguably the world's best player, which he is right now. I mean, he's the only player 
in the top five Euro leagues to have 20 plus goals and 20 plus assists this season. To put that in context, he just won a World Cup. That was is probably unimaginable to a lot of people to, to, to hear the world's best player, arguably, right now is coming to MLS. Mm-hmm. Who cares that he's 35 years old? He's still producing. He won a World Cup at 35 years old. He's going to be 36 on June 24th. This is such a big moment for the league. Now, you, you've already seen what the Instagram followers have done for Inner, Inner Miami. The, the amount of money that's going to be poured into this country, the amount of eyes and the amount of players that are going to naturally want to come to MLS because if Lionel Messi chose MLS over Saudi Arabia, and a lot of players are going to Saudi Arabia just for money, that tells you something, that this league is different, that it's going to be held in a different category than some of these other major money leagues, China and what we've saw in China, what we saw in Saudi Arabia and the middle East. No, this is something different. You're getting quality, quality of life off the pitch as well as on the pitch, a little bit more competitive. That is the difference. Lionel Messi chose that to still want to play in Copa America, which is in the United States and maybe a potential of playing in the next world cup here in 2026, the United States. It does not get bigger for MLS, there could not have been a better scenario, a dream scenario for Apple, for all the sponsors of the league, for Major League Soccer, and for the growth in this country. Tremendous. Because all eyes were on the World Cup in, in, in this past December because of the storylines. Messi, Mbappe, but Messi, every trophy he's gone after, he's won except this one. This is the one that eluded him the most. What, MLS Cup? No, Open Cup. And now Copy he's in the Champions semifinal. League. Now he's in the semifinal Straight against Cincinnati. Semi. I saw go. those refs. I saw those refs. That was mess. That was those are Barcelona refs all the way through and through. There, there was making uh, sure he gets that uh, pathway, baby. The, the Messi effect is a, is in full effect, as it were. Now he has a quote, and we've had a day to process this, as you have as well, Chuck. But uh, for me and and Heath on the pod, Messi has a quote who said, "I had offers from other European clubs." But I didn't even consider them because my idea was to go to Barcelona. And if it didn't work out, analyzing it, I'd leave European soccer, especially after winning the World Cup, which is what I was missing to close out my career on this side and experience the league in the United States another way and enjoy the day-to-day, but with the same responsibility of wanting to win and do the right thing, just with more tranquility. Now, before you jump in, Heath, Barcelona put out a statement, and this is awesome. I'm going to paraphrase probably the best part. Or actually, I'll give you the quote of the best part. But... Uh, It says, President Laporta understood and respected Messi's decision to want to compete in a league with fewer demands, further away from the spotlight and the pressure that he has been subject to in recent years. That sounds like sour goddamn grapes to me, Heath Pierce. Uh, But but, uh, he's not he's not wrong. I mean, ultimately, you are going to be well, Thierry Henry. Let's use him as an example. He used to love walking around New York pretty anonymously. Messi's a different beast, though, with all due respect to Thierry Henry. Messi is incredibly recognizable. I don't think he's going to be walking down the streets yeah. of Miami and people no going. Chance. Yeah, it's just not. I don't. I don't know no. how that. The, the, is exactly the, 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 he's going to have a great quality of life in some ways, but he's not going to have a quality of life in other ways. And the same that he's experienced his entire career, right? Which is like, it's not like he's rolling out of the house with his beach towel, being like, "Yeah, I'm going to just head on down to the beach." And uh, no, he's going to be probably. I would guess he'll have a condo building with high security. He'll have a house on an island with high security, and he'll no, go back and forth in between. He'll live What's in that? Fort Lauderdale. I think he'll live in Fort Lauderdale or close to the training facility from, from what I've what I've heard. 
He's looking for, <laughs> yeah. well, we're going to defer to you on all this inside information. Yeah, yeah no, we share the same real estate agent. I, I, I thought the same thing. He's going to live on Star Island or Coral Gables where, you know, LeBron James ha has a home, had a home. But no, it turns out he's he's looking hey, hey, to, you can to just live. Say, you can say neighbors. You don't have to say has yeah, a home. Yeah. We yeah, know yeah, that you are neighbors. You property there, hey, Chuck. Hey, he's looking to I, be more low key. Hey, what I will say this, though, by the way, on those comments from La Liga, you know who didn't watch very much La Liga this year? Me. You know why? Because Messi is not there. Ronaldo is not there. That is, what, going back to Charlie's point, you're talking about an Apple deal that has global distribution, right? Uh, first of its kind type of deal. Um, outside of League's Cup in Mexico is like the only territory of all the competitions where they don't have full global dis distribution. That's bringing eyeballs. That's bringing spotlight. That's bringing this. I will watch any game that Messi plays in to see him succeed or fail. I don't care what he actually ends up accomplishing while he's here because that doesn't change what he's going to do for the league and the exposure of it, of it all. But that is a massive deal. And for a league like La Liga and, and, and those comments coming out of from, from Laporta, it's just to me, uh, I got no reason to watch those super teams anymore because they they're not have, a super listen, when they don't have somebody like he, him. That guy can cry all he wants. He shouldn't have let him go when he was still on the goddamn team. He let him go to PSG for a number of different reasons. And now, whatever to that guy. Yeah, world's tiniest violin, I think somebody wrote in the comments, and I, and I appreciate that. All right, before we take any steps further, we got to bring in our special guest. He's a senior writer for The Athletic. He previously wrote, wrote for Washington Post, Orlando Sentinel, 442. The guy does it all. It's Paul... I want to start off by saying like Messi has a $7.8 million condo in sunny Isles in Florida. And I like that Charlie's calling it low key. It just lets you know where, what is, what is not low key in Charlie's world? If that's oh, yeah. low key right there. Paul, Paul <laughs> coming in swinging at Chuck. Cause he knows that Chuck is a big deal. Paul, great to see you as always. Uh, let's talk first and foremost about, the mechanics of this deal because it looks like an, an MLS PR put out a statement yesterday saying not everything's finalized. We're excited. Messi's coming. And then Messi also included in his statement that not everything's finalized either, but it looks like they're going to find that resolution, but it looks like he's going to get a piece of the pie from Apple TV, get some from Adidas, get some future ownership. And the, it, it just feels like a deal that is that legal. Can, can, <laughs> can, I mean, they've done it with Beckham before, but it seems to go, a little counter to a standard player agreement. You know what I'm saying, it's Paul? definitely not the SPA that you guys signed. <laughs> that way. No, I think Charlie nailed it when he, when he went back to Beckham. The irony is that that first DP deal that ever existed in MLS, the Beckham deal, that set this up um, in many ways. One, because it gave Beckham uh, an option to buy a team for $25 million, uh, which became Inter-Miami, which is now where Messi is going to come. But it, it gave a framework for how to make a deal for a special kind of figure in, in global soccer. And that's that's what Messi is. Uh, designated players can be paid whatever they want. So it's not breaking any rules, right? The compensation numbers could be $1 billion if that's what they wanted to pay. Um, but the way they structured this deal, all of the parties that are involved, makes it a, a more difficult deal to kind of get on paper, iron out all the details, get it signed. And yeah, I think MLS is probably going to feel pretty nervous until the pen hits the paper that, you know, Barcelona and Laporta, you know, if, if they haven't already done enough damage to the chance to get back in the picture, that they don't get back in the picture. But, uh, you know, look, let's look at the Apple deal, because I think that's the biggest piece of this. Apple invested in Major League Soccer, and their hope was that it would pay off in a big way, bringing in a global audience. The, the idea of this deal is that you can you can watch it anywhere, almost anywhere. There's a few countries that are blacked out, but you can subscribe to Apple TV Plus and subscribe to the season pass and, and get 
and get this product and get eyes on this league. Well, Messi changes the game on that. They believe that Messi is a figure that's going to drive a lot of eyeballs to Major League Soccer. And in doing so, a lot of subscribers to Apple TV. And that's that's Apple's goal. It's not just about growing Major League Soccer in the season pass. It's about growing Apple TV Plus and getting people to tune in. And so it makes a lot of sense that they're saying to Messi, hey, if you come, we will give you a piece of that pie. For them, it's 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 not about the profits on Major League Soccer season pass, right? It's about bringing more people into Apple. So, uh, you know, it speaks, I think, to just how big of a figure he is in sports that once you start giving away revenue share and, and you have companies like Apple and Adidas saying, we want to be partners with you, that's a different level. And, and you know, I, I've seen some people complaining, oh, it's not fair to our teams that, that Messi gets this. I'm, I'm sorry, but this is good for Major League <laughs> Soccer. It's good for your team indirectly. And my hope is that eventually it changes Major League Soccer in the way that the Beckham deal did, the way that the DP rule did, that, you know, right now we're, we're hearing all these names of Messi's friends that want to come. Well, good luck to Chris Henderson doing it under Major League Soccer's rules. And so hopefully we see an acceleration of some changes to the rules that allow for spending across more of the roster to bring in more quality so that teams can be more aggressive, not just in signing guys like Messi, but in spreading out the money and trying to make more well-rounded, better teams overall. And, and I think Messi has the power to do that. Do you think, uh, you know, kind of looking on, on, on that same context, right? We, we now know we've got an international deal that's been done when the deal gets done. That's an international product. But we're still missing a national product in the U.S. And you'd mentioned some of those mechanisms being able to change. And when I say national product, I mean, why should I watch New York Red Bulls play against uh, Orlando, right? What are the things that make me, like in other sports, love them or hate them, but you got to tune in, whether it's entertainment, whether it's for what they stand for, or don't stand for all of those things. Do you think, do you truly believe this type of thing because we're grounded in collective bargaining agreements and all these things could actually accelerate some of these different salary cap rules and mechanisms that, that could lead to, to just an accelerated growth of the league in general? I mean, it could. I, I don't know that it will. We, we've seen kind of a reticence from Ma Major League Soccer headquarters to overhaul the system that they've created. It's their baby. It's what they built from nothing into something that is sustainable, something that can sort of limit um, risk for the owners. And I think that's been a big part of it as well. But, you know, yes, you have this moment now. And we've been pointing to 2026 as that moment, that, that chance to springboard this league forward. Well, now you have the runway you have is messy on the runway. So you're right. Why do we tune into games? I, I talk about this all the time. Like you have to tell people why they're watching something. It has to be about the storylines, the drama. It's why all the debate shows exist about every other league and, and why off season talk and trade hot stoves and all of that stuff matters, right? Because you, you're getting people to buy into the stories so that they tune into the games. They're not a fan of, you know, the, the Washington football team is not going to watch Kansas City against L.A. because they're fans of the game. They're watching because Mahomes and, and the stories that we're telling about how those teams were built. MLS doesn't have that, right? They don't have that kind of exposure. And we see when you get that exposure, and Zlatan's the best example of it. He's on talk shows. People on sports are saying, you have to see this guy. You have to see this guy. And then the numbers for Zlatan's games go through the roof because people are told, you have to watch this. That's going to happen for Messi. So how do you then turn those eyeballs, that attention, to the rest of the league? And I think the way you start to do it is say, hey, we're ready to grow. Can you sell that story and say Messi coming here, like Charlie said, 
is a game changer. It shows that this league is different. It can be different. We have more billionaire owners in this league than probably any league in the rest of the world. We can be competitive for these types of players. But if you're going to sell that story, if you're going to tell people, come tune in, if you're going to tell players who are coming for the World Cup in 2026, sign an MLS afterwards or beforehand, you need to grow, change. And, and I think that's, for me, the selling point of this deal. When, when we talk about the change it can bring, it has to be more than just people tuning in for Messi, people buying tickets for Messi. It's a great story right now, what's happening with ticket sales around the league. But if you want lasting change, it has to be like Beckham. The DP rule is lasting change. It impacted how the league does business. Messi can do that too, but there have to be willing parties at the Board of Governors to do that. Well, let's talk about the messy rule, the potential messy rule. So instead of three DPs, which we have now in Major League Soccer, maybe that expands to five, because I think five would be a good number. And there are a number of teams who would use all five. There are a number of teams who probably wouldn't use all five, but then that could probably beef up the roster from six to 15, if you will. And I think that would help teams become a little bit more competitive deeper because Steve Toronto also talked about LAFC not having a, enough depth to compete with some of the sides in Liga Amekis, which I don't agree with because LAFC should have won that tie. Um, but in the end, Lionel Messi has a lot of, of former teammates that want to come to play with him and, and just maybe people in general that want to get a chance to play with him before they retire and still have the capabilities to do really well in this league. What do you see happening first? Inter Miami signing a coach like a Tata Martino and then the rules happening in the, the way that they should, or maybe it's just a coach and you stick with Messi for the rest of the season. And then we see rules changing for the following years. I, I don't think that you can go into the rest of the season with Messi and the current roster that not only sits at the bottom of the table, but has, when you look at like the advanced analytics, one of the worst attacks in Major League Soccer history. Like their attacking output is so bad that it's historically bad. No one wants to watch Messi with that team, right? So there's a reason why we should be talking about guys like Busquets and Angel Di Maria and, and Luis Suarez and all these big names. And you, you Neymar is free next year. <laughs> right. So <laughs> if you want that, you, if you really want to see the best of Messi, I mean, I, I covered Orlando City, Heath's, Heath's team, of course, in 2015 when Kaká came in as, as an expansion Still team. my team. And yeah, still still under contract, I believe. Still have your <laughs> rights. They have his rights. And yeah. and yeah. Uh, and you know, Kaká. The brilliance of Kaká is his ability to anticipate what's going to happen next and to play those passes into those dangerous spaces before other teams understand that those balls are going to be there. Well, that didn't matter if the guy's not making the run, right? Mm -hmm. You can you can't play those passes if there's no one there to, to receive them to run onto them. And you don't want that with Messi either. I mean, Messi is going to be a different type of player. He'll score more goals than Kaká did, but. You, you put more quality around him, you're going to see more of the best of Leo Messi. Um, I, I do think there's one simple change that they can make early on in this summer, as soon as this summer, to make things easier for Inter-Miami to move players out so that they can bring new players in. And that's something that's been worked on for the last three or four years. And it's an internal transfer market to allow players to be bought and sold within MLS for cash and not just allocation money. And, and that would be a game changer because then you could buy somebody like a Campana from Miami for three or four million, three million dollars, let's say, where there's no chance you could trade ever trade for him. They, they'd have to find an international partner to sell him to open up space. So that type of rule change is a simple one, but one that could have an impact on the quality we see with Messi. 
as far as the the increase in DPS, I think let's go let's think the other way. Maybe you drop down to one or two DPS and you create a salary cap and a floor, and you say, okay, now teams have thirty million dollars to spend with you know room for a messy deal, right? Because he's going to be making more than thirty million dollars a year, but you can you can sign three or four guys making two or three million dollars and still have plenty of room to build out the rest of your team. You know, this is a way to kind of create more depth but also more depth and quality at the top of the roster. And I think it would bring MLS closer in line to the rest of the world in terms of kind of how you focus your, your spend. So it's not just isolated on three or four or five guys. Now, by Chuck, the way, I, but Jimmy, by ahead. the way, I, I would like that if you forced that type of salary adjustment, then the league would have to force some sort of like youth playing uh, initiative that would make sure that you protect domestic jobs and for young players, which I think is actually a benefit more than sitting in between these two mechanisms where you never really yeah, have a reason yeah. uh, to play the young, young guys. I, I think what I wanted to add to that too, and, and that's good insight and I appreciate you, Paul. And, and um, is that when I was part of the executive committee for the MLS players association, as we're dealing with CBAs, we got the sense that we would hear from behind the scenes that on the MLS board of governors, there were a lot of owners that were ready to go, right? They wanted the handcuffs to be taken off. They wanted to spend, they wanted to take this league where they could envision it going. But there were a couple owners that I think uh, have been around from the beginning that kept the league propped up for a long time. I'm talking Anschutz, the Crafts, the Hunts, Charlie Davies, and Charlie Davies, who who are <laughs> you know legacy. Well, well, they're in legacy mode, right? Like, hey, we we actually the reason that you bought into a league is because we kept it going for so long. And those three owners, in total respect for them, owned ten of the teams or twelve of the teams for a number of years to make sure that this thing stayed alive. But I think they think their vote is worth more than everybody else's, and I wonder. Is this the moment now where their hands being forced? Like, this is it. We got messy now. It's never going to get any better than this. We have the Copa America 24. We have the World Cup in 26. We have to step on the gas. Let us take off the handcuffs. Are you feeling that there's a little bit more urgency from the MLS Board of Governors? or, or Because if you don't take advantage of this right now, when are you ever going to take advantage of it? It's just not going to happen. It's never going to set up like this. Yeah, I mean, look, I think in reality, like to your point, this has been this kind of tension that's existed behind the scenes in MLS between some of the newer owners who are putting they're putting a lot of money down to buy into the league. Right. And they're saying to these legacy owners like, hey, I just spent one hundred fifty million dollars to come in and then I built a stadium and a training facility. Well, now you've got people spending five hundred million dollars to come into the league, three hundred and twenty five million dollars to come into the league. And you have a guy in Jorge Mas who has been one of those voices behind the scenes. He's been saying, we need to change. We need to grow. He now has the hand to go back to the table and say, guys, I brought Messi. You have to listen to me. Because it's easy to ignore Jorge Mas. <laughs> what a card to play at the table. When you're, <laughs> when, you're, when you're breaking the roster rules, you can kind of push Mas to the side. Hey, you didn't want to play by the rules like the rest of us. It lessens your impact, your voice. Not anymore. Not anymore. You have Leo Messi. You're able to come and say, this is the time to your point. Like this is the time to start making changes. Let's capitalize on this moment. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it could be the catalyst. I hope it's the catalyst for these discussions to have to bring meaningful change. And really, the, I think the, let's start with the baby steps for, for the hunts and for some of the other owners to open their minds to change, to bring it to the table and at least have the discussion because I don't think that's been happening to this point. And, and I think it would be really, really important for, for Major League Soccer. Well, Paul Petanario, everybody, we appreciate you and all of your insight. Keep what a guy. Work. 
with the athletic top, top man, top, top, man. Top, top, top. I wish he would have worn a suit and a tie today, but I know like, that's. You know. I, I take you him know. more serious when he wears it. He only does when he's on TV. He doesn't treat us like when I'm on TV. Like you know, but for you guys, no, I'm. I keep it low key, like Messi and and Charlie Davies. Well said. All right, everybody, we're going to take our first break of In Soccer We Trust. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Inter-Miami and their hopes and dreams and their odds in Vegas and their Open Cup run and everything else in between. So don't go anywhere. Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now along with their Sunday performance jogger pants so I can be business on top when I'm on camera but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires because Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase – so go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back, everybody, to It's Not We Trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad, alongside Charlie Lowkey Davies and Hollywood Heath Pierce. <laughs> and on Saturday on CBS, one of the most celebrated soccer tournaments in the world is down to two clubs. Manchester City, who are chasing the treble, meeting Inter Milan in the UEFA Champions League final. And our world-class team will be on the pitch with live coverage beginning Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. So go make that happen. Fun fact, everybody, I am going to the game and I'm leaving for Istanbul tonight. So I'm very excited to uh, witness this Dang. game in person. It should be a lot of fun. And uh, have a safe flight. Thank you very much. It's a long one from, from <laughs> California. It's a nice... Uh, 15 hour flight or something wild. Yeah, I, so, the so way the way Chuck said that was as if <laughs> somebody who flies private is saying that to somebody who's flying commercial, which was very much yeah, like, yeah, like, I don't know what's going on, Jimmy, enjoy, with all your flying your, stuff. Yeah. But I'm assuming it's a lot harder than what I'm, when I go through, when I travel. So I just yeah. want to wish you all the best. <laughs> uh, that's what it felt like. No, not at all. I, I was, I was more, concerned about this this comment in the youtube section here from coach b which was but how do the youth 
American players play in their own league if we're giving away slots to so many foreign players. We still need a why to, to produce talent. And I hear this come up quite often. And when I, I want people to get this perspective. You're a young American player. I go back to myself in 1994. If I'm watching the American players and, and Kobe Jones is one that inspired me, uh, but I'm, I'm not wanting to learn exactly from Eric Winalda or Kobe Jones or and no disrespect to these players because they obviously paved the, uh, the way for me to come up and play. But I wanted to learn from Ronaldo. Phenomenal. Romario. Bebeto. Uh, you know, these are the type of players that, that I was em- trying to emulate. Then it went to Thierry Henry. And it's it's the world-class players, the best players to play the game, if they're coming into our league and they're still producing, i.e. Robbie Keane, David Villa, Thierry Henry, when they're playing at such a high level, Slatan Ibrahimovic, you can only get inspired to learn and t- watch them. And in training, if you're a young player in that academy, you get to go on the pitch and and have a few words with them and see how they move and, and learn from them. They're only raising the profile and the, the the training methods, the expectations at the club for the youth coaches to develop talent that only helps, that doesn't take away spots, that produces more talent and more quality of the talent. So it's quality over quantity. That's that's what we're, we should be focused on. If we have players like Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo or an Mbappe in the future that come to MLS and they still have what it takes to succeed, stand up and clap. Be be appreciative of this moment. Don't say, we don't want foreigners to come here and take our American spots. That's not how you got to look at it. You look at it as if these players are coming here to put, put more money into the league, to put more spotlight onto, into the league so more youth can go overseas and, and have that opportunity to play in a Champions League, to have that opportunity to play against top talent every single day where you are graded on your trainings day to day, not month to month or week to week or um, or, or year to year. The, the level of pressure is so high that, that that only helps us in the long run so that we can win a World Cup and we can, we can have players winning Champions League and not being a rotational player, being starters. That is what will eventually happen when our league continues to get stronger and there's more respect put on that name. So don't worry about foreigners come here. Be be more of the, yes, we want more top talent coming to our country to see what we're producing. And then the 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 our coaching, our level of coaching only gets... <laughs> Hey, we almost wait, 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 commercial he, break. He, All I know is that Chuck just oh talked gosh, for 20 he, minutes and he, Coach B said, that's not what uh, I meant. He, he basically he, said, <laughs> he, he. I'll, I'll, I just want to say that I, I stopped listening to Chuck after he said he hated Kobe Jones. Like yeah. Kobe Jones. Dude, I had braids when I was young. Highly problematic. I mean, looking once back he said now. that, I was but like, I had, I'm checked I had, out. I had, I had I the Kobe braids when I, I was young. I can't even listen. I can't even listen to what he has to say. When he when Seriously. he disparaged Kobe, Jones I just told like you Kobe was my role model. <laughs> he was the only one that looked like me. But I'm saying, <laughs> as a player, I wanted to learn from a Ronaldo and a Romario. And so Kobe, you were really yeah, handsome, but, but, but fair, you weren't as good as those other guys. <laughs> hey, to be fair, you're saying Ronaldo and Romario, but you're not saying like 
the seven Patrick, other players. Patrick Cliver, like I know you're saying the the players, but but some of that argument is like filling in roster spots. But I do think the league is going to create mechanisms, as we've seen in other places, that will protect the academies. But growth happens in the academies for the youth. That's going to get better. We're going to create the volume. Those players do need a pathway, and if there isn't that pathway, you're seeing now they're going to go somewhere else. And they're going to keep continuing. We're seeing Josh Winder go to go abroad as the first seven-figure player to come out of USL. But I do think there's going to be, with rules, there's going to be changes that there is some protection uh, for for young players to have a place in the squad, um, or at least and then they got to prove themselves. They're not going to. No one should get, be getting well, a free pass. Of either. course, I, what I what I would add to this part of the conversation, and we've had conversations with younger players before, whether we were playing, we were the older teammate, or now when we do our coaching. I kind of liken it to when Jurgen Klinsmann opened up the player pool, right? He's going to look for dual nationals and all this stuff. And there was a little bit of an undercurrent yes, that I picked was. up on of why are we getting these guys in and, and they're not true is, Americans. Yeah. That's that true was a big that, one. That's from fans and it's from players. Right. And, and I think that players were like, great. It's just another quality player. I'm going to have to compete up against my, my simple answer to that. Just play better. If, if you want this to go away, it's, it ultimately cuts right to what you're saying, Chuck. It's going to help our players play better to, to understand what it takes to be a top player, to understand that there's going to be pressures. How do you deal with the ups and downs? How steady can you be when things aren't going your way? And, and what are you going to do to fight out of your adversity? So, so yes, you just have to play better. I see kids now. I'm not getting playing time. I'm not doing – then play better. Oh, well, I don't, what does that mean? Go work on your goddamn game. You have to be undeniable every time you step on the field, and that's how you're going to get better, and that's how you're going to climb the ladder. And, and I'm so I'm now matching your energy and your enthusiasm, Chuck, because, yes, is it going to make it harder? Good. That's how it should be, right? To your point, Heath, nothing should be handed to you. You have to go out there and earn it and earn that respect. And so we're all on the same page. Yeah, if you, if you want to be the top, top football in country, guess what? Then you have to have the top foreigners, the top players around the world come to your league. And, and don't moan and, and complain about it. Embrace it. it. But every yeah, every yeah. league has mechanisms for the record. It's not like MLS okay, is just going to go full fair. crazy. Premier League has uh, foreign player limits and qualifications for for mm -hmm. those players to, to 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 get in. Right, it protects domestic jobs. Uh, the Scandinavia has a young player rule. Every league in the world has their own. Italy has a non EU limit and other mechanisms. Like there's there are limits Spain that too. will be put in. Yeah, exactly. These limits will be put into place so it's not just a full overhaul where you go and get you know. Um, better players for less type of thing or whatever the reasoning is. Um, it's not like it's just going to open up the floodgates for 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 more. It's going to create more competition and ultimately push our player pool to be to be better. And and that's going to lead us to where I think we want to go. But yeah, is it going to be hard at times for a lot of the player pool? Yeah, it is, and that's I think what we want. That's why we're asking them to go to Europe, right? Because that's the environment where that does exist on a more regular basis. All right. Let's talk about the open cup. Let's just pivot. <laughs> Charles. Oh, Charles Jones said, Jimmy taking the Lord's name in vain. This podcast is off the chain. <laughs> <laughs> then, we got, right, right. then we got Tanky with a hammer and sickle as his logo. Like we are building a, an interesting audience here. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean, guys? We, we got, uh, we need, let's, we need to, we need, we need to find Jesus soon. Uh, we're let's, going off let's, the rails. Uh, well, let's talk about the Messiah, uh, Messi and his immediate impact for inter Miami because last night they played, in Birmingham against the Legion, and they won 1-0, which books their ticket for their first ever appearance in the Open Cup semifinals. What's interesting is that there's some questionable refereeing in this one. There should have been a penalty in favor of Birmingham, but uh, no VAR, which I think is really unfortunate. They're starting to get to a point in the tournament where everything is getting closer to the, the, the finish line, 
And I feel like there should be the proper refereeing tools to make sure that the games are played as straight as possible. Now, Miami booked their ticket against FC Cincinnati. Lucho Acosta, for me, has to be the MVP of any competition he's currently playing in here. He has been excellent. Uh, Cincinnati ended up beating the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. And in that first goal from Cincinnati, I think that Brandon Vasquez or, or Baji was offside. But I still feel like Cincinnati would have gone in to win that game with all due respect to Pittsburgh. The Birmingham one a little bit different. Uh, Chuck, you were just part of the Open Cup stuff. Uh, the draw. Who's hosting who in the semifinals? We have uh, Houston beat Chicago 4-1. And uh, RSL, Real Salt Lake, was up 3-0 on the Galaxy. Galaxy scored too late to make that one 3-2. And unfortunately, Chicharito picked up an injury. Actually, Chuck, before we get your thoughts, let's hear from Chicharito because he had uh, uh, this to say about uh, his injury in Salt Lake City. So, Producer Alex, let's roll that if you do not mind. I just want to say thank you to everyone over here from the Real Salt Lake uh, City uh, organization and the people here in the stadium. They treat me pretty well in a very difficult moment for me. I have a knee injury. We don't know how bad it is. We're going to know in the next couple of days when we do the MRIs and everything that we have to do to check how my knee is. But yeah, and everyone in the stadium as well, I hear you. Thank you for clapping. Thank you for sending me the best vibes. I appreciate it a lot. And yeah, we're going to come back stronger, that's for sure. And we hope the best and that my injury is not as bad as we think it could be. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we're hoping that for Chicharito as well. Obviously, uh, a big-time player, not only for the Galaxy, but for the league overall. Good uh, representative for for soccer in this country. Now, Chuck, talk to us about... uh, Open Cup semifinals, we have our yes. four final four. Who's hosting who, and, and who do you like in those semifinal matchups? We have Houston hosting RSL, and we have, we have FC Cincinnati hosting Inter-Miami. Uh, but, but, here, Miami. but here is, is the, the wrinkle. So if RSL win against Houston, they will host U.S. Open Cup, the final, regardless okay. of any other result. Now, if they lose an and Inter-Miami Houston. win... And Houston wins. Houston beats RSL and Inter-Miami beats Cincinnati. Inter-Miami will host the U.S. Open Cup. Wow. And then... uh, And Messi will be on the team at that point because the final is September 27th. Yes. And Messi will be there for the semifinal as well because the semifinal is August 23rd. Oh, crap. So, uh, and then the third scenario is if... Houston wins and Cincinnati wins. Cincinnati will host the World uh, U.S. Open Cup final, and Houston cannot host whatsoever. So no one has to worry about the heat. No one has to worry about traveling to Houston and playing uh, in a difficult situation because Houston are very good at home. So it's either at RSL, it's in Miami, or uh, last case, uh, last place scenarios, it's in C- Cincinnati. So uh, uh, I'm looking yeah. forward to I'm looking forward to Matt Miazga doing the 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 height thing to Messi like he did to. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward yeah, to seeing, yeah, that, yeah. seeing that game at the uh, at the uh, football stadium in Miami when the final hits. Every game is going to yeah, be Yeah, what's going to happen? Sold, yeah. sold out. Sold what, 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 out. What do they say? They can't play at the stadium, right, in Fort Lauderdale. When Messi shows up, you want to maximize those tickets, baby. The, the, I think they, they could have if it were the semifinal. But if you're hosting the final, the U.S. You got to play at Hard Rock, right? You, 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 have, rock? you have to play there. You have to. It's the first opportunity for Messi to oh. to lift silverware in North America. If, he, if I was I, if, if, I, if I was U.S. soccer, I'd be I'd be if I was U.S. soccer, I'd be shopping this tournament to to right soldiers and sponsors again right now. So hard being like, dude, do you know what this final is going to be? Someone's got to yeah. pay for it. And by the way, all, you can do a five year deal with me right the, now. The Open Cup's the you biggest know? deal around yeah. after uh, not getting any Oof. love for a while. 
Unbelievable. All right, so so just a quick question because we saw Birmingham host last night into Miami and, and 18,000 strong coming out in Birmingham. Do you feel like the lower division teams that with any time that they host an MLS team or they, that when they play against an MLS team, they should host that game? I think that helps grow the thing. And I just wanted to, uh, to entertain that part of the conversation because I just think the environment and the atmosphere yes. is a lot better because sometimes you see midweek games. I agree. In different well. locations. And it just it's I don't know if they value it as much. Those fans or whatever. They just want to go on the weekend and not midweek. But the other lower division clubs are fired up to play against the MLS teams. I think until the semifinals, because on the flip side, if you are a USL side, you also look forward to being able to play in an MLS stadium. So think about yeah, it from yeah, the yeah. USL perspective. Let's say you play in a small stadium. Sure, you get, you know, let's say 5,000 to 7,000 fans. You're doing well. Everyone's hyped. But you get the opportunity to go play in the Benz or you get a chance to go play at, at CenturyLink in Seattle or, you know, any of the new stadiums in Cincinnati or Columbus, Red Bull Arena. You want to be able to have those opportunities too. So I see it from both perspectives. And I think in the earlier rounds, no doubt they should be played at the, the smaller club side. No, no, no doubt. But I think as you get to the late stages, the USL sides want to play in, in MLS stadiums as well. They want to play in those big crowds and big stadiums. And if you have an opportunity to play a semifinal in a sold out crowd, I, I, if, yeah, if I'm Chuck, a USL when, player, when I would last want time, that. When was the last time you saw an open cup game sold out in a semifinal? Be honest. Those, those since, games aren't getting since, sold out. Cincinnati. Since Messi, when Cincinnati that, was USL, they had yeah. 30,000. Yeah. 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 No, but I'm saying in an MLS team. Like oh, playing MLS, against an MLS side. Playing, against, like an M, playing at an MLS side. It's still like you still have finite marketing dollars, right? And in, in certain markets, like you went to Portland, you went to some places like where where you can you can hit that hard. But I'd still say that's. 25% of the of MLS is going to prioritize a semifinal to sell it out where you get that like the Benz is rocking, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah. maybe maybe then in that case it's the final. The final can be yeah. wherever the biggest venue is. Well, hopefully, I don't know if I want it to be in Miami, but uh, it would be kind of cool to see Messi in the final and just to see how big of a deal that would be for South Florida overall, though I still think Cincinnati is the team. I mean, every time I watch them play, Lucho Acosta in particular, I can't mm -hmm. say enough. The guy is just pulling all the strings and in so many different ways. His passing, his his technique, it's unreal. So if you have a chance to watch any player this particular year in MLS or Open Cup, make sure you're taking some time we, to watch Lucho you, you Acosta. Know, wait, wait, you did you just say any player, Jimmy? If I got Lucho a chance Acosta. to watch any player this Messi's year, not here I'm yet. watching Messi's Lionel. Not, no, you said this here year, yet. Jimmy. You said this year in the Open Cup. I'm watching Lionel Messi, Jimmy. Take that comment back. Start it again. Fine, fine. Leo yeah, Messi and, any and, two players. <laughs> and Lucho Acosta. Any okay, two players. I, want, we, I think we should take bets after every or before every inner Miami match when Messi's playing of who gets his jersey at the end of the game. Oh, which man. which player? I think, I think he's going to give it to his gets, grandma. That's like. Did you, uh, yeah. did you guys after both each play? game? Jimmy, who did you get? Who did you get again from Argentina? I didn't get anybody. I asked for Kelman. He, he wouldn't look at me. That's true. That's true. That's because I talk. That's because I talked shit to him earlier in the game. Oh yeah, because he didn't have his shoes tied or whatever. He didn't yeah. have his shoes tied. I, I called him out yeah. on it. Chuck, did you get a? Did you get a? Did you play Argentina? I didn't get a kit. Nope. No. Did you get any at the youth, youth 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 level? Anybody's? I got I I got Rona Jagger's kit okay. um, from in Colombia, which was yeah. uh, awesome. I take that one because I was a. Uh, he was like 
kind of like a folk hero for Colombia at that time because he was playing in the premier premiership. He, he's just he basically Chuck is setting the, us up so he can flex on. I got us. Go hey, I got I got the Cunaguero. You know, you know what's funny is I I, I posted the photo Ooh. and back I, I I he played on my side and you, you remember that New York game where like Messi had to play in the game where mm -hmm, they wouldn't mm -hmm, have given mm -hmm. the team the bonus. I told that story before, right. but um, I posted the photo a number of times. Any anytime I'm feeling real down, I just post like a flex of some kind. Uh, even if the photos are a little pixelated compared to what we get in pictures now. Um, and I said, you know, one-on-one -on -one versus Cunaguero, uh, whatever. And people were like, that's not good. Because it, it kind of, it's a little blurry. So it looks like Tevez. And people like were attacking me saying I didn't play against him. And I was like, guys, I played in the game. I remember who wore the number and who I was playing against. People were like, no, you're stupid, man. That's Carlos Tevez. That's not, uh, oh, like, I got, no. I got attacked in the comments. And I had to be like, guys, go just go look it up. Like, there's not like there's, there's like, I, you know, and yeah, I've had to, I had to fight for this one. Why, was, why is it in a roll? roll? Why is it roll? Yeah, oh, I have it. I have it. I have it hung up above this in, in like this little studio area. So it's like rolled in so that you can see. Is that the only one that you've rolled? No, no. I got, uh, I got a Ryan Babel. I got a Lucio. Uh, you got to you you unroll those things, man. Yeah, man. Let them breathe a little bit. Yeah, what are you rolling them? No, like no, I, cha I, cha I change towels. them out. I, I change them out. Um, but I roll them when I want to have like kind of a cool little thing here. Also a De Rossi on there. Listen, we can't we, see. We can't it. even no, we don't see even know. We don't it's, even know. You know what? Wait, you know what? Chuck, Chuck, Chuck we're gonna we're gonna take our last towel. break. We're gonna take our last break of the soccer we trust. When we come back, we'll continue to give Keith oh, a yeah. hard time. That's a great look. It is a great look. It is a great look. We do now that we can see it. All right, all right. When we come back, we're going to talk about Christian Pulisic saying that he still wants Greg Berhalter as coach of the U.S. men's national team. Yeah, he said it. We're going to roll that clip right after this. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome back to It's Not My Trust. I'm Jimmy with Charlie and Heath. By the way, it was Tevez. I looked up the roster. No, you're lying, dude. Lying. It's Sergio Aguero. <laughs> yeah, who's right, also going to be promise. my best friend with Messi coming. You know what I mean? That's fam. He probably will come. They're, yeah. they're really close. Now we're here in Di Maria and, and Busquets. That seems like they're pretty locked in at this moment. Anyway, we don't have, let's leave Messi out of it. Christian Pulisic, boys. He had a press conference ahead of the Nations League semifinal against Mexico. Got asked about Greg Berhalter 
and him potentially being the full-time coach again once everything is decided. And here's what Christian had to say. I look forward to getting everybody's thoughts. I think I think he is still considered. I think he should be considered. I think he uh, did a great job with the team. Um, he brought us a long way. I think a lot of guy, a lot of people and a lot of guys on the team, especially, would agree with that. Okay, uh, who wants to jump? Jump I'll, in. I'll, hey. I'll jump in. Let me, <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll, hey, Chuck, real quick though, before you say, he looks good in those colors, huh? Maybe a little AC Milan vibes that he's got going on with those U.S. training kits right now. I see huh? what you're doing. It's there. like he's getting, getting a little. Doing, getting, yeah. He looks natural in that type of color. Yeah, this is called Anyways. foreshadowing. Back yeah. with his boy Olivier Giroud. Um, yeah. No, I, let's let's just be honest. Greg Berhalter did a good job with this group. I, I would actually say he did a great job with this group. He got them through World Cup qualifying. They got to World Cup. They f- got out of the group stage, and and then they petered out against the Netherlands. What did I think they were a better side? But they got they were out coached and they were outperformed. Okay, we're going to leave it at that. That's fair. Now, so I think from that standpoint, if you're a player and one of the trusted players who played, you're you are only going to have positive things to say about Greg Berhalter. And he earned a lot of their respect in the way he handled the Gio Reyna situation. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was a moment that stands out to a, a lot of players in that locker room where they were like, Greg Berhalter is a G. That's a coach I want to play for. He, he chose team culture and, and respect over, over talent. And at, at a point, you know, there's always that give and take. But when it comes to a World Cup, I think Greg Berhalter felt, nope, I'm, I'm making that decision, and, and it was the right call. But I, I would say from here on, knowing where we are now, I'm still going to be in favor of a European coach, a foreign coach who has – been successful, who has won trophies. Give us names, Chuck. Who can take this group to the next next stage, the next level. So who, who is that? Who? Right now available, Luis Enrique is one. That'd be a good one. I like I like Luis that, Enrique. And I know we, we talked we talked to Crocker. He wants a, a younger manager with ambition who who has a, is positive with experience. Well Luis Enrique is that guy. He's he's coached the biggest talent. He's won a, he's won trophies. He won at Barcelona. He's coached the Spanish national team. He's obviously a great person. You can see the way he carries himself. He played as well at a high level. He was, right? he was a that's top a player. Mm-hmm. So that's one candidate just off the top of my head right now that would be a great fit. And, and especially considering the demographic of our country, I, I just feel that we're ready for that to go back into that type of, of coaching. Um, uh, well, I'm, th- I'm lost Wait, on the word. Just like that. exporting, exporting a different type of methodology and philosophy. That caliber of coach. Caliber. That, caliber. Ca- that, that caliber of coach. I see. Okay. I respect the Luis Enrique shout. I wouldn't, and, and be, and I wouldn't be mad at all if he took and, over. And, and, and he's free. You don't have to worry about any contract dispute right now or, or pulling them out of a contract if they have a year left. None of that. He's available. Now, now there's been some talk about Thierry Henry. Heath, I'll go to you because I had uh, yeah, played with him. Well, Charlie and him shared a bunk bed a couple weeks ago or something. I don't know. Apparently Chuck made it sound like I was complaining about Thierry letting me fly on the plane. Like he brought me on the plane. Chuck made it sound like I was mad. You know? <laughs> now I, now I got to mend that relationship with Chuck. He's trying to 
you know, slide in there and with, slip with, in as TT's buddy. Would TT be a good choice for you, or do you feel like he's just better as an assistant? I actually thought that he would struggle as a coach in general just because of the demands that he has uh, as a teammate, right? Understand, like, to be a coach, you have to have a holistic perspective. You have to have empathy. You have to have a wider understanding of others, right? You have to be very good at understanding how to treat a group equally and then individuals as individuals. And I thought he would struggle uh, with that. But then I've talked to some people that have just said he's really, really come a long way. The other thing that I would say is I remember when he was doing his coaching badges and I went with him in London out to Arsenal when he was working with them doing his badges. And it was the most, it was the first time I'd ever seen Thierry vulnerable to me, right? He's Thierry Henry. He doesn't like, he doesn't show any weaknesses ever because he doesn't seem to have them. And he was just like, dude, it's hard work. It's a lot of work. And he was talking about TV and that in the context of, of kind of where his life was at in, in the post career. And that to me was like a moment of like, oh yeah, this person is on a, a on, on a growth journey to, to being something. And so I think he's come a long way. I still think he lacks the experience I'd like to have from a coach. Um, but he, he, I put him in the Chirundolo category. Who, Chirundolo, by the way, is being, is, is, is being inter- interviewed for that job as well. Um, and so I, I, I put them in the category of like, if 2026 was in four years from now and they were on the same trajectories, both of them, I'd be like, yes, but not quite what I would like from an ideal manager to, 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 to weather what these next few yar- years are in terms of how we get this group from where we are to at least another game in the World Cup, if not two. Um, now, do, you, do you think that Patrick Vieira is obviously an Arsenal teammate uh, of TT that he has that experience that is necessary or is there something from Vieira's, let's say, coaching acumen or... or no, I think Vieira has a head coaching acumen, maybe not necessarily the success that you'd want on paper from a coach, but he has the U.S. culture standpoint. He understands the U.S. mentality. He's embedded himself in it for a long time. I like some of those aspects. Again, maybe... You know, that versus a Luis Enrique, I'm still looking at a Luis Enrique and just go like that package just seems more mm-hmm. well-rounded and experienced, maybe lacking that U.S. nuance. Because I do think we all know that there is a different mentality in this U.S. squad, no matter how many of them have played their whole careers in Europe. The American mentality is going to be different, right? Uh, we're a bit different than, than the rest of the world. And that takes some some learning and some open-mindedness um, as a culture because we don't come from a... Uh, uh, like, you know the 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 streets of 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 football, so to speak, where it's ingrained in in our DNA. You might have half that national team don't even like watching soccer. You know what I mean? Like for real. <laughs> uh, uh, what uh, we got a good shout from Richard who says maybe Vieira and Henri would come over together, and that would be something. I would definitely subscribe. Uh, for those shoot, two bring Saul Campbell as well. Then come yeah, on, yeah, just Jens Lehman. Who else do you want to bring? Oh, you know Ashley Cole, Ashley De- Cole, Dennis well, Burkamp. You know? Dennis, Dennis Burkamp would be sick. Yeah. You know, so yeah, if they wanted to get the gang together, Robert Perez, that would be awesome. I, I, I know that we mentioned that Steve Chirundolo, at least for me, would be a hell of a candidate. We just thought it was coming too soon. And so I, I still feel that way. I, I, I think he would even come on here and admit that he still has a lot to learn about coaching in general and, and, uh, the art form that it is to, to have success. I, I, I think he's, but a I, I think he's a real, well, no, now that I'm hearing that he's being properly interviewed. I know that he'll do a hell of a job. I just think he's got the right demeanor for it. That said, back to Chuck's point, is he the caliber, Chuck, that you would be looking for, even though we we, we all adore Steve Trendolo? Again, I don't want to take 
I don't want people to take this out of context. I don't want to just, oh, I'm not trying to social media, dude. We're gonna yeah, do of course. We I, I'm not, we'll I'm chop not trying to up however we want. Chuck. Yeah. So you so already hate you Cody Jones. Say, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this, no disrespect to any of the managers out there, but we have to swing for the fences. This is a world cup on home soil. This is a young group that just achieved yeah. a whole lot with a lot of promise. Don't go for, and I don't want to say mediocrity. Maybe that's not the right word, but average or, or good. We want to go for the best possible manager we can get. And that means going for the biggest and the best, not settling. This is not a group that you settle with. You I don't, I don't the envelope with all this I momentum, Olympics, that. world cup, Messi in the country, go for the biggest, best manager you could possibly get. And that means you go to every single person, every rock. You don't leave any rock unturned. Chuck's got something way up his butt and uh, <laughs> enjoying itself up there. But, but with regard to Strondolo, I don't, I don't necessarily consider him. And I know, you know, I know you're not saying this with regard to him, like average or, or mediocre. I think he just hasn't had enough time to kind of prove that he can be a great manager. I think he'll get there, and I think he'll be a hell of a manager for the national team whenever he gets a crack at it. Are you saying Chirundolo, you said? Uh, yeah, Chirundolo in particular. Well, yeah. Uh, I, I know how he is and how he is around people, mm -hmm. and I think he can elevate the performance of this particular group. But to your point, I do think we're kind of at this tipping point where a big name who has had a ton of experience and has already been proven to win at the highest levels is probably a better fit at this time, but I would not discount how special I think that Chirundolo can be as a coach. No, uh, Arsene Wenger as a strategic advisor to the national team, guys. Are you against that? I'm not against that. Didn't he have some weird rule where he wanted to recently? I was like, yeah. Arsene Wenger's like the old man yelling at the clouds right now. But I, I, I would say for in regard to Steve, Stevie Trundolo, in the in the in the final in Concacaf Champions League, that to me showed he's not ready yet for a job like this. Because he got the tactics wrong, and the and it was too much of a, a pragmatic defensive approach. So, if you if you're watching coaches under insane pressure, which a World Cup on in in North America will be insane pressure, I don't think he's quite ready. But he's going in the right direction, like you said, super high ceiling. I, I think he's he's got all the intangibles, but needs more experience. I think it's too soon. But he, are, he, has, he, has, he has an MLS cup to, to, to stand on, which is more than a lot of other uh, candidates that are being uh, tossed around at the moment with no silverware, um, at least domestically. So for me, you, you just got to keep having these conversations. I would love to know who U.S. soccer has has uh, had a conversation with, because I think the more aware the fan base is in terms of the expectations of what to expect, who, who's the, the top caliber manager we can get given if we can only pay 3 million or 4 million per year, which is still a, a, a big, lot. massive salary. But who, who, who's in that bucket? Who, and, and remember if Jose Mourinho is making 18 million or, or some of these coaches there, that's a club job. Club jobs pay much more because the demands every single day versus in an international job. So there's a big difference between the two. So I, I know people might say, well, this manager is getting this. That is to, to manage a club. Managing a country is, is a, a much less. And, and there's more. It's, it's almost like a dream job to manage in a World Cup, which 
many managers don't get the opportunity to do. And especially if you get a chance to, to play it on home soil and win it for the, for the first time with, with an American side that is youthful and, and creative and ambitious and talented and with a lot of potential that I feel like you could pull a lot of coaches or, or persuade a lot of coaches out of uh, jobs that they're already in or, or pursuing. Yeah, there's, there's a lot there. And, and uh, I love your enthusiasm, Chuck. It's fantastic. You know, you could just probably text Gooch and find out what's going on. If you want to save a yeah, lot of Chuck, stuff. Find <laughs> yeah, out, yeah. Dude. Just go ask Gooch what's happening. All right. Final thoughts. Cause we've had a hell of a show. It's been a lot of fun and a shout out once again to Paul Tenorio from the athletic from giving us some insight about Leo Messi and all the intricacies of that particular deal. Obviously, more news will be forthcoming as everything gets finalized. Keith, final thoughts coming to you. No, I'm just super excited. Uh, again, on the messy deal, I'm not, I couldn't, I mean, I care, but I couldn't, I, I, I could care less about what he actually ends up accomplishing in this league. But the fact that we've got a player, I don't care if he's 35, of, uh, of his of, of his caliber, that's going to bring this much attention, I think is a win-win all around. And, Somebody wanted to look at me in two years and go, yeah, but he didn't win anything. I don't care. He's Lionel Messi. It's a massive thing. And everyone at every level of soccer in the United States is going to benefit from this period. Yeah, I wonder if he's going to play on turf. That's uh, He won a World Cup at 35, so let's just put, put that in perspective. Okay, final thoughts, Chuck? He scored two goals in a final at 35 and won a World Cup. So I think... I think he's good. So let's not throw age into it, especially when now technology is different. Players take care of their bodies. They know how to play longer. <laughs> and we've seen, <laughs> and he never runs, Chuck. We, we've seen slot on. Right. I mean, so I also want to address this comment. Ball a kick. Uh oh, he's been triggered. Seven minutes in, he's been triggered. He got him. He says, "Listen, listen, man. I get Charlie's point about getting the best coach, but that still doesn't guarantee success." We see this with coach and player alike. What is a guarantee in this sport? What is nothing's a guarantee. Oh, we got him 57 to, minutes in. To give yourself the best opportunity, the Fuck best them. chance to win and Fuck to develop this talent and to play a, a flexible style. We can't be just a press team. We can't oh be my. just a long <laughs> ball team talk. or a sit wow. back team. We have Jeez. to be flexible depending on the opponent. And I think this group can control games. We've seen it against England in the World Cup. A young team with no experience in the World Cup dom dominate possession and tempo for the majority of the game. So, yes, go for the best. And Charlie I, I, is on I fire. I'm on fire today. <laughs> is that you, old Chuck boy? Hey, unbelievable. I've been up since 2 a.m. I've had a lot of coffee. I, I am fired up. He's, he's I, triggered. Yes. He's triggered everybody. I'm, no. Yeah, all right. All right. One last name. This is my final thought. Yogi Love is a name we didn't throw out there. I still think he'd be a great candidate as well. Has a lot of the same pedigree or actually uh, as Luis Enrique and has uh, won a World Cup, which is always a, a good thing. And I think he should be considered as well. Okay. That's it. That's it. We're done. <laughs> no, let's I can't going. get triggered. No, no. I got to go <laughs> catch a flight to Istanbul and I'll catch you guys from Turkey in the following show on Monday. We look forward to catching up with everybody. We'll obviously have more news to break down and get into. So enjoy your weekends. Chuck and on behalf of producer Des, producer hey, Alex. Respect everybody who triggered me today. <laughs> I love y'all. The triggered Charlie Davies. I'm Jimmy Conrad saying thank you for the love and support of Soccer We Trust as always. And we'll see you next week. Later. <laughs>
CES Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.